Welcome back to the Johnny Bullets Podcast. I am your host, Johnny Bullets, out of Seattle, Washington. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thank you for listening to the ranting and raving of the last few episodes about New York and Indianapolis. It uh, was an interesting experience, to say the least. I uh, was going to put out another episode about it. I was going to put a third episode out about it, but I'll just kind of touch on it real quick. Um, one of the people that I was speaking about in the in the second episode reached out to me, and we had a discussion um, in regards to um, the the episode that I put out. And, uh, of course, their perspective on it was very different. Their, uh, their views on what had actually gone down were, you know, opposite of mine, which that's going to happen, and that's totally okay. Um but, you know, arguments ensued, nasty words were exchanged. Uh, what it all came down to really is that heavy drinking um, and depression and anxiety are all real factors in how, you know, it, your behavior can be shaped, whether it's meaningful or not, um, whether it's on purpose or not, you know, things happened. And and, and I I forgive that person for the things that happened. Um, we've kind of gone to this, gotten to this point where like what's been said is said, um, you know, he came at me with terms like he's got to sue me. He's taking screenshots and things like that. Uh, as far as I know, at least, uh, you know, uh, where I am at, you can't sue somebody for their opinion. You can't sue somebody for uh, their point of view and their version of a story where they were also present. So um, I'm pretty safe there. I'm going to leave the episode up. He eventually came to terms with the fact that it's out there. It's up there. Um, He, you know, kind of came at me with things like you ruined my life. Uh, You know, you're ruining everything for me. And I said, I, you know, I know what it's like to have drinking ruin my life. And I know what it's like to have, you know, untreated uh, mental health things going on kind of put me in a in a bad way, and I said, I told him, I said, you know, and I know that you're undealt with mental health and you're undealt with um, drinking patterns and behavior is what ruined things, not me, not me speaking my truth, not me stating my perspective and how I saw things. It was all of that. And any lies that were told uh, during that time. Anyways, I I just kind of wanted to touch bases on that. I I don't want y'all to expect a third episode. Um, It's kind of just going to kind of lay that to rest because we have bigger and more important things to cover. I've got a wonderful musician uh, here today, and I'm so excited uh, to keep having more musicians uh, come on to the show because that's kind of what season two was supposed to be about originally. Uh, and then I took a hiatus to New York. Um, and we are going to be talking about several subjects um, in, in regards to depression, anxiety, um, ADHD, um, you know, multiple different um, <clears throat> things when it comes to mental health. Uh, so I do want to shout out, shout out the suicide prevention hotline. Um, if you are feeling like you're at the end um, or you think that you want to do something that is a permanent solution 
to a short-term problem. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it really is true. Uh, because anytime I find myself getting to that point, there's always something on the other side of that thought process where I'm not ready to see it. And, but with time, I'm, I, I become more willing to see it. I seek out therapy. I seek out the friends that I need that are, that are there for me. And I encourage you to do that too. But if you're ever just in a position where you can't access anyone, I encourage you to reach out to the Suicide Prevention Hotline. That telephone number is 1-800-273-8255. And that is for just absolute dire need. Um, Hopefully you have a support system. If you don't, I can definitely guarantee one thing on this show, whether, you know, whether that's continuity or, you know, anything that makes sense, I can guarantee you one thing that myself and my guests are willing to be people that you can reach out to even just for a quick chat because nobody wants to go through that alone. Nobody needs to go through that alone. And so, you know, if you don't have anybody, we've got your back. Um, but I will not waste any more of your time with um, any more announcements or anything. Um, I, I really love that we're getting back into the swing of things with musicians. Um, and I, I first heard Cooper, um, I, I want to say about six months ago, um, I was at the, I'm going to say it wrong. He'll correct me when he comes on here in a minute. Uh, it's like the Abbey, Abbey arts, something like that. I know it's wrong. Um, but, uh, I, I met him at a, at a place where there was a show being played and they did kind of like a, I don't know if this makes sense to a lot of people. It was kind of like rockers in the round. Uh, situation and it was like one person would play one song and then the next person would play and then the next person play and then there was like a poetry reading and it kind of like it, it kind of like went around it, it was rockers in the round it was like musicians in a round just playing a piece or saying a piece of their art and, and it was a beautiful thing um, but uh, he him and I met at, at a restaurant and I was like, I'm looking for for musicians that are willing to talk about some real serious shit and um, really get di- deep dive into mental health and disabilities. And also, you know, when it comes to musicians, a lot of them, they write their music because that's how they talk about it. Uh, that's how they get those feelings out. Um, but I want, I'm, I'm hoping that somebody's willing to talk about it and, he was one of the first people in that at that dinner to raise his hand and said, I'll do it. Let's do this. Um, so without further ado, Cooper Stolil, how the fuck are you, my friend? Hey, Johnny. I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. Uh, I just listened to your voice uh, earlier, but uh, I, I think I've met my match. Everybody <laughs> talks about how I have a voice for radio, but <laughs> I think you're about to bag yourself a... <laughs> Uh, a co-host position there. <laughs> I'll uh, take it. <laughs> but uh, uh, I would love to open, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, they call me Johnny on the spot sometimes. But uh, let's start off with a song. I think that would be a beautiful thing to do. Okay. Um, give us one where it's super just chill and tell me, tell us about it. For, tell us a story about it and then uh, play it for us and we'll take it from there. How does that sound? Awesome. Um, you said you want story first. Sure. Yeah. 
I mean, tell us what you got. <laughs> um, yeah, gosh, this song is, um, I guess it, it's kind of about my first love, but it's not really a love song necessarily. It was kind of a, an unfortunate situation. Um, the, and you know, this is like high school. So the, the girl at the time that I was, um, dating had had like a really rough family life. The dad moved out in the middle of the night, kind of a situation. And her mom was dealing drugs to pay the bills and, um, had gotten a drunk driving accident. So she couldn't even drive the car, you know, to do grocery shopping. And that was kind of like the context in which we started this relationship. I was like 16 or 17 and, um, fell into this like interesting role of like taking the family grocery shopping or her mom would disappear for days and we would just like make dinner for her and her brother. Um, that's not to say there, there weren't like beautiful moments in there, but it was just a bizarre situation for a 16 year old to find themselves in. Um, yeah, it's called smokeless. Draws it bath, laying life in dirt. Tears me, I am forever in her hands, in her hands. Show me light in the night. Hide me, poems, then I'll find Deliver from heart, since moments Your love's a God, still small Something like 
show me your light in the night time. Hide me, poems, being I'll find. Deliver from heart, set down. Your love's a gun, still small. incredible um i've heard you play before but every single time i uh, you put you in that that state of mind where you just you, you just want to listen it's not it's not like rowdy crazy ah, you know kind of music but it, it's just like relaxing but there's a there's a story that you're telling there um we talked a little bit about um you know depression before the episode started um and uh, I kind of want to get your. I, I want to know your story about that, and and you know where where that kind of started for you because I didn't understand that I was depressed until very much later in life, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know that I was living with this thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I call it a thing, but I, I didn't know that I was living with depression for a really long time because I didn't, I wasn't taking stock of my behaviors. I wasn't taking stock of the patterns. I wasn't paying attention to any of it and just thought, Oh, that's just me being emotional or, you know, that's the drinking, whatever. Um, you know, I, I, and I, and I say this on the show all the time. I'm, I'm, I, I am a, uh, struggling and recovering alcoholic. Um, you know, I, you know, I I just spent eleven days not drinking straight, which is a big, you know, thing for me, um, and I, I don't plan on going back to nightly drinking, but th- there's that there's that point where I had to recognize that the drinking and the depression were playing with each other, and they were good friends, yeah. <laughs> and um, they they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I was allowing them to be the best of friends and yeah. play play on the playground that was my mind. Um, where did that start for you? What's it? What are the effects that it's had on you yeah. since then? And, and how do you? What do you do now to kind of cope with that and 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 kind of help yourself through that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think like the first thing that came to mind is just that it is such a sneaky thing, you know, because it's not. It's not really like you wake up one day and you're like, oh, I'm depressed. You know, it's like. Right. It doesn't happen it, overnight. Yeah. Like it, it, it finds its way into like our routines, I almost want to say. And for, for me personally speaking, like. Um, and I shit, this might be true for everyone, but like when I'm when I'm distressed, I tend to um, seek like comfort bringing things, you know, like alcohol. Right. You know, or, or you know any number of things that could could bring any type of alleviation to the suffering we're feeling. Right. And so I think it, it is so sneaky because you f- you feel some way, 
let's say negatively, you know, and then, and then it, it makes sense to reach for like a vice because it's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. It, it alleviates something, you know? And so it kind of, it kind of takes having that moment of clarity to like ask yourself like, Oh, like what is actually bugging me, you know, or, or to notice that you're like medicating yourself. And so for, I don't know for myself, like, um, I think I've always just, um, I've always been very introspective and I've noticed a a trend that for myself, I I can, that leads to like oversensitivity or, or nostalgia or like looking to the past favorably while ignoring where I'm at or what I could be excited about. Um, and so like for me, a big one is like media. If I'm feeling shitty like I really like these days. I I really oh, don't. I jump on YouTube so fast when I'm oh, not feeling dude, good. Dude, it's because anything <laughs> it's anything you'd want to learn about or even plug out from, you know, you can find you can you can you can scratch that itch there. Honestly, these days I don't even really pick up my guitar when I feel bad, or I don't pick up an instrument. Like that's not even the outlet for that feeling. I I want to like unplug, and so I'll like hop on social media, or I'll like try to bug my roommates to go get a drink or something. You know, anything to occupy this curious missing space that um i don't you know i don't even have an answer i don't know what it's begging for (laughs) you know but it's right it's begging for something yeah um and 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 that's so true and and you you know i sit in therapy in in, you know cognitive behavior cognitive behavioral therapy uh i'm about to be working with Geneva Butler, who did this beautiful painting back here, um, the blue one, yeah, the, no, the black one, the big black oh, Johnny Bullets, yeah, uh, totally. Uh, and you know, I, I, I came to her and I said, "I'm afraid that I'm a narcissist. I'm super scared." And and one of the things that was said to me was like, "If you're scared about being a narcissist, you can't. <laughs> it, it, it's it's you can't be a narcissist." Uh, so. <laughs> Um, you know, I going through all even the the therapies and the things that I'm about to venture on as well. Like, there's still that, like you said, it was perfectly worded em- that empty space mm. of like, what do I do to fill that void? Mm. And, and you said, you know, you said things like bugging your roommates to go out and drink, you know, and you don't pick up the guitar. What motivates you to pick up the guitar to use it, you know, and, and, or, or does it? is there anything that motivates you to pick up the guitar in, in sort of a healing manner um, to kind of get what you're feeling out? Because I know, I know a lot for a lot of artists, you know, and a lot of music out there, it's all about that, that X that fucked you over or that <laughs> uh-huh. parent that fucked you over. Yeah. Um, there's a book out there. I I'm going to misquote it, but there's a book out there written by somebody. It just came out. It's like, I'm glad my mom's dead. And, um, it, there's a lot of controversy about it, but it, it, it talks about abuse in the home and talks about how narcissistic the, her mother was to her. I, I can't think of who it is by. I'll have to um, Google that. But it talks about a lot of things that went on in the home and writing that book was her outlet Yeah. of this is what I went through. This is how this was. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are mad at her for saying something or titling a book. Like I'm glad my mother's dead. Yeah. 
if I had the any the, even the smallest capacity to write a book, I, I'm gonna say that I'm glad my abuser's dead too. That's brave. You know, that's a brave move to make, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, because that person at the hands of an abuser, you're made to suffer. Mm-hmm. And so, with music, like, do you ever? Going back to my question, do you ever pick it up as like a healing mechanism, as as something that give gives you a way to get that out without punching someone in the face? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I, I guess I don't tend to think t- too much about my creative process, especially because it it doesn't have like a. Some people are so regimented and they do the same thing every time and it works. And for me, it's just it doesn't. I wish it did, but it, it doesn't work that way. Like. Early years, you know, I think it was easy to write about the things that I was emotionally overwhelmed with. So, you know, as like a 17 year old, it's like, what are you, what subject are you dealing with? You know, like, like love, who are you, who do you have a crush on at high school or something? Or um, every emo song ever. (laughs) Dude, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You ever listen to Cap'n Jazz? Yes. Dude. I love Cap'n Jazz. Okay. We got to talk more about that soon. (laughs) We should. One of my favorites. Um, You know, these days... I kind of, I noodle. I love like just picking up the guitar and like not thinking and just moving, moving my hands because in its own way, that's kind of the escape, right? You can, you can do a thing and you don't have to actually have that, um, judgment, cognitive assessing part of the brain right. on. You just kind of wiggle your fingers. It's a second and, nature. Yeah. And it just feels, it, you know, it feels good. It, it bring yeah. it brings me joy and that's all it needs to do. Yeah. It's always important to find something that brings you joy and that doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for me, it's traveling. For me, it's going and seeing beautiful or cool shit mm-hmm. or going out to a show. Yes. You know, going to some sort of show is so important to me because it's the one time I can step outside of myself. And maybe I'm more that Johnny Bullets character than I would normally be. Mm-hmm. But um, it's good to sort of be able. I know that sounds so weird, but it's good to sort of be able to put on that face. Yeah. And, and good to get outside of the you know very obvious white walls i mean you don't see it but this room's pretty highly decorated but otherwise like <laughs> you know going to work 40 hours a week and coming home and you're just in the same spot and it's mundane and then it's, you go there you do the thing and 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 i think work as work in a way is sort of an escape from the um daily feelings um and everybody has those processes and, and my creative process is, is doing the podcast and, and, and it's interesting to it's more interesting to me to hear someone else's story than to share my own, even though this platform has given me the capability of doing that. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of, sort of cathartic. Do you feel that way when you're playing music in front of people? Um, what, what are those, what are those feelings? I know, I, I know that before, I would ever do any, now it's not so bad, but like before I would do any sort of performing in front of anybody, I would go in the bathroom and throw up for 30 Mm -hmm. minutes because you're so nervous and so (sighs) anxious. Man, I I wish it felt cathartic. Yeah. Um, I'm such a nervous performer, Mm -hmm. like to the point where I like I self-sabotage. I don't, I like, I hardly book stuff for myself. Right. Um, Booking agents reach out, make him him do it. You're going to hear more songs. That was just the first one. (laughs) I've been, I've been trying uh, for the past like year to like reassess my relationship with performing because I, you know, I'll go to like you, I go to a ton of shows and 
I see performers that you can tell they're just blissed to be sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the night, the night we met, like right. Drew is a great example. Yeah. Drew Martin. Drew, come on the musician. show. <laughs> like just wonderful artist, wonderful human. I've had the pleasure of knowing him for a long time. He, you can just, you can tell he's like creating alchemy up on stage and like mm-hmm. giggling about it and blowing in the conch shell. Like he's mm-hmm. just in, in, He's right where he wants to be. Right. And I feel like a shy performer. Can I hide behind my guitar? And like, yeah. <laughs> you I feel pretty, great in the recording studio. You got a studio. pretty big guitar. Uh, that, that guitar would, <laughs> that guitar's a half my body. <laughs> you are taller than, oh, everybody's taller than me, but still. <laughs> yeah. um, sorry, no, I, just, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, no, you're, so, you're good. I, I was just going to say, like, I, I feel great. I feel great in the studio. I love, like, recording and and for me, like a big thing with with music, and maybe what I'm most interested in is is creating like an atmosphere in song. As a listener, that's what I pick up on first. Truly, it takes me like ten song, ten times listening through somebody else's song before I even hear like a word they say. Like mm-hmm. I'm just, I like, I think about the textures and the progression and just the atmosphere and all the weird little sounds in the background. And so, I would love to like um, get a better relationship with performing live. <laughs> yeah, I it's performing live, whether I've joined a band to do something or uh, while I was in New York, I hopped on stage in front of like 500 people What uh, at an emo night and sang some song. I don't remember what song. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, they handed me the microphone. You can sing. I was like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and that's cool. I, I it, it felt really cool. But, nervous? Oh yeah! After yeah. I put the, I handed the microphone down. I, I got off the stage and I immediately went to the bathroom. And was like, <laughs> like, what the hell did I just do? Yeah. Why was that? A, why was why was that the choice? That's surreal. <laughs> like you think about it. Like I didn't think I was like this is gonna be so cool. This is awesome. Yeah. At first, this is gonna be amazing, and it was super cool because you had the crowd singing back at you and all of that stuff. And then after, I'm just like, uh. What band was it? It, it was, uh, I'm trying to think of the song. It was just Emo Night, so it's just like. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're DJing something. I think I did like a Panic at the Disco song. Cool. In front of <laughs> 500. <laughs> and, That's freaking random. Um, I, I was like, what? And after the, during it, you're thinking, what the fuck are you doing on stage? Mm-hmm. What are you, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And then after, I'm like a nervous wreck. I'm like. Trying to calm down, went outside and smoked and threw up a little bit because I was like, ugh. But that anxiety really kicks in. Oh, yeah. So I can see where, like, before, during, and after a show, yeah. for any musician that plays any real music yeah. <laughs> that they've written themselves is just like so nerve wracking because you're like, what the hell is everybody going to think? Yeah. I mean, but I mean, there's two things at work. Like, performing is performing, right? right. You know, so getting up in front of people is incredibly vulnerable whether or not it's your own words or not like just to be on a stage with a mic and it's loud like mm-hmm. that and you can hear yourself yeah <laughs> because there's monitors pointed at you. does yeah it does <laughs> things to your brain right yeah um that that usually scares me more than the content mm-hmm. you know like i am so can i swear 
Absolutely. I'm so fucking afraid to do karaoke. It is my biggest fear. And it's so kind of I love doing, right now. I dude. love doing karaoke. Dude. That's the weirdest thing. It's so scary to me. It's so to much ad- scarier than playing in front of a big crowd of people. Like To admit, though, when I'm doing karaoke, I'm probably a few beers deep. Yeah, I feel like that's a prereq. Right. <laughs> but I mean, karaoke, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, anybody out there, I think karaoke was literally invented to make fun of businessmen. Oh. In Japan, like, oh, like drunk businessmen in Japan. I think that's kind of what it. I think that's kind of what it translates to. I'm, I could, I could be wrong, but I, I think that that's what it, the purpose was in the beginning, and then it kind of t- took off all over the Western world, and no shit. And, and now it's like now there are bars. Shout out to Hula Hula. Um, <laughs> there are bars solely dedicated to having karaoke night every night, seven days a week, and people love it. People soak it in. It's not my favorite band in the world, but I do really well at Three Doors Down Kryptonite. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> I do really well CD. at that song, and I still have it somewhere. I can <laughs> guarantee it. Um, what is it like Too Close to the Sun or something? I, oh I can't God, remember what dude. the name of the album is. There's some good songs on there. There is, but, Jeez, you know, good. but I do really well at that song, and you get that vibe that everybody, know, everybody knows the song. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the words are on the screen, but like, you could tell people are just vibing to it. Yeah. But, you know, karaoke gives you the, I think that what, what I find comforting karaoke is like, no one gives a fuck if you mess up. Mm-hmm. Whereas where like, yeah. right. <laughs> like, okay. I'm not taking you to karaoke. Yeah, dude, it'd be bad. <laughs> but like, um, a lot of people just, they don't give a shit if you mess up and you can, because it's not your song. Yeah. You didn't write it. There's no, there's no emotion behind it. There's no story behind it. Just entertainment, right? Just yeah. entertainment, and everybody's drunk, and everybody's having a good time. But your own song, mm-hmm. writing, writing your own song, putting it out to the people, getting feedback from people, even the podcast. It's just like, am I ready for that? And you have to be to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. That's a funny thing. I, I don't. I truly, I, I am surrounded in Seattle by so many incredible songwriters. Mm-hmm. Like I really, I really don't. Think oh, the of music myself, scene here is great. I don't think of myself in any way, shape or form as a good a songwriter. You know, I just, I happen to write songs and I, I, I think a lot about texture and atmosphere and that's what I focus on. Um, I recently released a single called off the album that I got coming out called professional race car driver. Are you going to play it for us or is that something? Oh, gotta, sure, sure. We got to hide. Okay. Yeah. Well, after you tell the story, yeah. let's play it. Um, or you play it. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> playing, I'm not playing anything. You could play it. Um, <laughs> Probably, but. it's, uh, I, I, I sent it to one of those, uh, like, um, playlist companies, you know, that has a bunch of playlist curators, blah, 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 blah. And I've never done that before. And I, I didn't know I was in for like feedback, but these people, when, when the company sends them the song to get paid, they have to listen to it and write feedback. And I was like, I don't want feedback on my song. Like, I don't care what these people think. And somebody legitimately wrote it that it left a bad taste in his mouth because there wasn't a guitar solo, you know? And so go home, dude, whoever that was, go home. It's, it's just such a funny, I don't know. You're you're fired, dude. Go home. That's what I would have said. What? Yeah. So, so I don't know. Like I, 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 I've always, I've, I've never cared as much about the content I've, the insecure part of me has always wanted to sound good and mm. be in pitch and do things properly. And right. that's my hang up, you know? And that's why something like karaoke singing somebody else's song 
that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to fuck up a note. Of course I am. I'm going to fuck up a bunch of notes and I'm not going to know the words. Right. It scares the hell out of me. I mean, the words are right in front of you, man. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but like the cadence, like that, that's yeah. always like a little, Oh yeah. And no care, no karaoke track is perfect. Sometimes they're sped up too much or they're too slow. And you're like, this is not what I've been listening to for years. What the fuck Sometimes is Sometimes they're monophonic, this? Casio yeah, style. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, what is this? This is not. Yeah. <laughs> this is not how I pictured this in the shower screaming this Ooh. when I turn it up, you know. <laughs> I don't feel that cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I would love to hear that song okay. that you were just talking about. It will take me a moment to tune my guitar. Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. Um while he's doing that, um, I I really want to emphasize that I would love for more artists to come on, more musicians to join me. He's going to play the tuning song, so you're probably going to hear that. But um, I'm going to wait. No, it's fine. Um, but I would love to have more musicians come on because this kind of interaction is really cool. I I know I have a lot of musician friends that listen to this podcast. Um, at least. Um, at least 80% of my listenership is in Washington alone. So um, reach out to me. You can reach out to me at johnnybulletspodcast at gmail.com or you can go on to johnnybulletspodcast.com and um, reach out on there. There's a form there that you can fill out and let me know that you want to be on the show. Um it would be really cool to have more of these conversations because it's super important to share each and everybody's story. Uh, and I'm not just limiting. I, I want to take a step back and, and say I'm not limiting that to just musicians. But um, if you have a story to share, it's share. if you have uh, an, an interesting life experience that you want to talk about, please, by all means, um, do that. And let us know. Let me know. Because I'd love to have you here, whether that's in person or we can make arrangements for me to travel to you or, you know, we could do it uh, remotely. You know, things have gotten uh, technologically more advanced. So um, that will definitely help out. Uh, You're ready, brother. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. <laughs> and what's this song? Tell us what this song's called. Tell us a little bit more about this song before you start playing. Sure. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the dumbest song title I have. It's called Professional Race Car Driver. Um, it's kind of about escapism and just like uh, checking in with like a childhood dream, you know, and even if it's not going to come to fruition, just like honoring that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got some COVID jabs in there. Sorry. No, oh sorry, not about the validity of the virus or vaccines or anything like that. Just like right. uh like there's a line about you know, you know when like uh, two months into COVID, everyone just started baking bread. You know, everyone everyone and their mom was like, I've, I've Oh, look heard, at my first sourdough loaf. I've, <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> That's I kinda make fun of uh, that. I'd burn down my apartment if I tried that, so I did it. Yeah, not good. Not not good. We don't want that. No. Um yeah, it's about that. It's also, I, I got a music video coming out next month about it. And, and it's kind of a visual representation of, of the song. And just, there's a, I don't know how to say it other than just that there's like a beauty to like the no fucks attitude. Right. Um, and being like, kind of like a troublemaker. And just how the, how um, 
the spontaneity of like pranks um, can be quite life bringing right. and life affirming. Yeah, I I'm a hundred percent believer in that. Yeah, it's uh, the good stuff. I used to not like pranks, but pranks are pranks are quite cool. funny to me now. <laughs> um, but yeah, play on through, brother. Savior, I'm not some elevator. I'm not looking through a keyhole. I'm not speaking to you directly. I am not baking bread in my spare time. I'm not good at doing dishes. I'm not the basketball. Rebound champion I'm not a fair weather botanist Free to draw Everything Free to draw Everything Now I can confess That I really want to be A professional race car driver As long as I got speed I'm never gonna need To explain all my a couple of those Now your postcard Love letter neon sign a Story of an epic kind Not the raging word All the softest I'm not a patient anything but Free to drive in all directions Free to drive in all directions Well now I can confess that I really want to be A professional race car driver As long as I got speed I'm never gonna need To explain all my thoughts And I got a couple of those 
another fantastic song. I like that. Um, I, I like the way that that it sort of it has it has that hook that you know you can sing along to it. Once mm. you know, once I learn all your songs, I will. But uh, <laughs> I, I love I love that absolutely. Um, I'm gonna just kind of jump right into it. Um, I know that you have a little sister who has Down syndrome. Can we say their name? Haley, yeah, Haley. Uh, Haley, who has Down syndrome, um, tell me, tell me that story, and tell me what that's like. Um, because from we're not talking from a direct perspective of what they go through on a daily basis, and and how that is for them, but tell me from that that brotherly, ex, you know, perspective, that family member expect perspective of, you know, what that's been like for you when it comes to just daily life and, and interactions that you've been a part of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like she's, she's seven years younger than me. She's 23. Um, honestly, I didn't think, I didn't really think about it. And it wasn't until she was like in high school that, um, you know, some issues were happening at school that, you know, for instance, she was, like bullied a couple times and hearing about that was, was the first time it kind of clicked in, in my head. And, and I'm hearkening back to, you know, like a, uh, um, you know, seven, eight years earlier when I was in high school and knowing peers that were struggling with disabilities and what it was like for them and witnessing, you know, bullying or something. Right. And so I remember like the first time she came home from school and hearing that she got bullied it was hard. Yeah, it was just like, I just cried. I just like sobbed, you know, like I, what do you do? So it was more of a feeling of like sadness versus like anger well, that you experienced? I don't, kids are cruel. I mean, let's put it that way, you know? And so I think, I think it takes a lot of time to develop empathy. Like some kids from a young age just have it, you know, and they're just, they have good hearts and they're like, able to know that picking on somebody is not good, you know, right. and, and other kids like don't have that other, you know, other kids come from like maybe abusive households. And so their, their outlet from that shitty situation is picking on somebody else. I feel like that's, that's a big bully dynamic. Right. You know? And so it's like, almost, it's like hard to be angry at that. Right. It's fucked up. Right. Oh yeah. You know, but it's like, God, like, it would it would it would suck to be in the shoes of somebody that felt like their outlet for dealing with their personal space was shitting on somebody else. Right. That's like the real tragedy. Um, and so I just felt I felt sad. I felt sad for my sister to experience that. I felt sad for this young person and whatever the that whatever decided the it was going to be okay to do that. Yeah. Right. Totally. Totally. What's what's from from your perspective, what's life like? I mean, there you said what twenty six now, twenty three, twenty three now. Um, what what has that been like growing up from a kid first, the very first time that they've ever got picked on? You know, and and you that's how you felt emotionally. You know that was that the only time that that happened? Probably not, right? Totally. So what? So did you feel yourself growing as a human? Um, and and learning and developing how to 
handle that situation later on? How was that like for you? I don't know. Um, hmm. Yeah, to be totally honest, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have a good answer. No, it's okay. It's totally okay. <laughs> um, I I just know like from from somebody who deals with a dis- daily disability, you know, it, it's not easy, and and you become an easy target for kids, whether they're going through something at home or whether they're just, you know, they, they're ignorant to totally. the situation. Um, what's life like now as b- both of you are adults and not in school? Mm-hmm. What, what's that? Do you see, do you see people treating them differently? Do you see them being, you know, uh, handled in a way where you're just like, they're, they're, they're still, Haley's still a human being. Why are you acting this way? Yeah. You know, I mean, and so many people just don't have somebody in their life that has a disability, you know? And so, especially like with a mental disability, a lot of people don't know how to act or they, they, they don't know her capacities, you know, or like how they, they, they haven't spent enough time with Haley to, you know, to know how she moves through the world or to know that she's stubborn as hell and sassy and likes to pick on people, you know, like they don't, yeah, you know? And so there was, there was an incident, not incident shit. There was a, there was a moment like 10, 10 years ago, something where I was at a friend's house and, um, his parents knew my parents and they knew Haley, but not well. And, and, um, the mom, you know, asked me, she was like, well, what, she was like, well, what's it like, you know, like with Haley as a sister, like, does she remember who you are? I was just like, Down syndrome doesn't mean she has dementia or Alzheimer's. I know. Like, so in that moment, I felt so blindsided. I felt angry. I was like, what, like, what the fuck? Like, does she remember? (laughs) Like she, she, in some ways she has a better memory than me from, from shit when she was a little kid, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of people that haven't, haven't spent time around differently able people. You know, and and just don't know how to don't know how to act, or maybe they're they're shy and they don't right. want to come off in a certain way. And um, it's I say hard that, to navigate I, that. I always say that we're we're all similarly abled. We just do things in a more unique way than you know you able-bodied walking fuckers. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, or you you know typical night. What what is it typically divergent? Not nine, not neurodivergency, but what is it? Oh, what's, I know the, what you're other, yeah. what's the other term for that? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, we just kind of, as people who live with a disability, we we see things uh, almost on almost on a wider scope because we've dealt with a lot more in our lives coming from that. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is not to say we're smarter or bigger or better, but we just have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's something that you could, if you could say something, if you could have said something to Haley 10 years ago that you wish you could have said, mm. what would you, what would you say? Mm. I know you can take a minute to think about it, but. I don't know if I, if I would have said anything different. Really? You think yeah. so? Okay. And that's good because like that, that tells me that like in the moments and, and, and through growing up that 
you felt good about, you know, the yeah. way that you. Well, you know, she's she's my little sister. Right. Before she's somebody who's di- disabled. Right. Absolutely. You know, like, so, <laughs> guns so like, are blazing if someone messes with yeah, her. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just always tell people like, you know, like I've had other family friends kind of ask me a similar question, and I'm just like, my answer is usually like, she's my little sister. Like right. I'm. I'm obligated to pick on her because I'm her older brother. Right. And I do. Right. <laughs> Which is good. You know, a lot of people are afraid to pick on people with disabilities. And I'm like, dude, no, mm-hmm. I'm just like you. Mm-hmm. I might think differently or feel differently or whatever, but mm-hmm. don't. I come into a situation. Don't act like I'm an elephant in the room. Dude, <laughs> like, you know, I, I think I, I I love that because, because the night we, we met, we went out right. for drinks. Right. Um, it's okay. Josh. People know that I drink. Okay. I'm working on it, but Josh, people know that I drink. Because you, you were drinking heavy that night. Yeah. Josh, I wasn't like, feeling it. Josh, I don't know if you guys were in an argument, but Josh like kicked over your crutch. He was like leaning on the table. <laughs> he kicked it over. He did that on purpose. And you guys just like, you have that dynamic, you know? Yeah. And it's like. It's like, all right, fucker. Pick, pick, <laughs> yeah, on front of the, pick on front of the, and pick on the handicap friend in front of your friends. Sure. Do that. <laughs> That's cool, <laughs> but it, but it's 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 all just joking. It's all yeah. just oh, well, he's picking on you, joshing around. Yeah, pick, you know, he's yeah, not picking on. Yeah, it's like <laughs> like you're picking on me. You're not picking on the entire disabled community, and and, and that's that's sort of a weird like divide. That mm-hmm. not really divide, but it's a weird thing that you have to come to terms with where there are people that are making statement broad statements about people with disabilities and there are just people that genuinely you know they're i mean putt and i have been friends for decades Mm -hmm. you know and he's gotten comfortable with me he knows where my limit is he knows where like yeah you know where he can push the envelope and Mm -hmm. and yes does that come across as really crazy in front of people who don't know me yeah absolutely but that's i think that for me that's the fun part it's your relationship yeah that's that's the relationship in the raw in front of everybody else and i think that kind of gives that comfortability level of like okay he knows he lives with a disability he's cool with it yeah so why shouldn't i be Mm, you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and if they're still don't if they still have this weird issue with it that's a them problem, not a me problem. Sure. Anymore. You know sure, what I mean? Sure. Um, you know, I, I, funny stories, like, come, I would say 10 years ago, I was in a grocery store with another friend, and we were just talking, we thought it was going to be funny. We'd never did it. Mm-hmm. But he was like, wouldn't it be funny if we just randomly started, like, fighting each other in the store? <laughs> and I said, for one, people are going to have a different perspective of that. They're probably going to try and pull you off of me. <laughs> Whereas, like, once I get you to the ground and have my <laughs> my fucking thick-ass arms around you, you're dead. But, like... You're done. But, like, people are going to have a different perspective of that. Like, you're yeah. beating up a handicapped person. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, yes, that is funny to us. And... Mm-hmm. We got dirty looks just even talking about it. And I was like, should we do it? Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah, to us. But to everyone else around, you know, you've seen it. People get instantly uncomfortable or they'll immediately jump to the defense of the person they view as defenseless. 
And I'm over there, and I'm over there talking shit. Go ahead, hit me. <laughs> yeah, tr- fucking try me. Go ahead, <laughs> see what happens when I get you to the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're done. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can pull you to my four foot nine level. Dude. See what happens. And like, and we're laughing about it. We're having a good time. We're getting dirty looks. And somebody even like went over and like called security. And they're like, they're planning to fight each other in the store. <laughs> oh, oh like, you're really talking out loud about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no. We wanted people to hear this shit. Yeah. And it was just so funny. Um, but that's the kind of that's. That's how you deal with life, I feel like, is just you take everything with a grain of salt for the most part, especially when it's something funny and stupid like that. Yeah. Like, had we actually done it, I would have had probably a way more epic story, but mm-hmm. uh, the reactions I was getting alone, yeah. we were that we were getting alone were just like, <laughs> okay, that yeah. person's in their feels about well, an able-bodied person wanting to beat a, pers- a person that's not. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that, like, the, you know, the context there is that, like, it takes knowing someone in order to be able to interact with them in that and way. And enter it, that and kind the, of space. In any anyway, mm-hmm. anyone. You yeah. know, you're not going to fake fight your friend, even though, even if they are able-bodied. You're not going to fake fight their friend and joke about it mm-hmm. and, and, and think that there's no, you know... In in our young minds, there's no consequences to this, yeah. even though, like you know, there is. But you don't you don't think about that. Mm-hmm. But and so he was kind of just treating me like his homie, his buddy, that he would make a massive joke, and it was just funny to see how it wasn't funny to anybody else. <laughs> we walked out of there laughing, like, yeah. "Wow, people really fucking thought yeah, <laughs> right." People like called security on us, like y'all not y'all are not gonna fight, right? And I was like, we mm. we were, but <laughs> wasn't gonna be real. Oh my gosh! You know, kid yeah. kids causing chaos in a public space kind sure. of thing. Uh, anyways, <laughs> but so you're you've 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 been you know sort of in a situation where you are. You are, you do have a, a sibling with a disability, and that dynamic seems really cool. I met, I, I think I met her that night as you well, did. right? Yeah. And your dynamic was just so cool. It was just like, it, it was nice to see that. Yes, there's a disability there, but she didn't give a fuck, and it was nice to see. I was like, wow, okay, cool. He doesn't give a fuck that I have a disability, which is cool. He doesn't give a shit that you know his sister has a disability. And he's not going to treat anyone around him any different, which was really nice to see. Because a lot of people would. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, baby them in a way or be cautious in a way. Mm. And it's like they're their own person. Let them be that person. Totally. You know? Totally. And I think that comes back to just a lot of people don't have anyone in their life. Right. You know? The lack of experience with it. Yeah. Because, yeah. And, and I think that applies to anything that you're doing. If you don't have a, an experience, if you don't have experience in it or yeah. you're not willing to learn through that experience, it becomes a little difficult. Uh, and, and, it, and, and your perspective is different based on how you're raised. A lot of people are raised to be careful around people with disabilities, be cautious and be extra kind and all of these things. And I'm like, no, motherfucker, I'm an asshole. <laughs> Dude, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. 
Don't fucking be cautious around me. You're like, just because I'm walking with crutches <laughs> don't mean I'm not a fucking asshole. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, But in all seriousness, it's really nice to see. It's really refreshing. So I, I, I that was one of the reasons why I was like really uh, wanting to bring you on the show because I was like, wow, this person, I can just shoot the shit and just have a good time. And there's no, there's no questions really. There might be questions, but you know, there's not any concern for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas people are overly concerned, overprotective or over this. And sure. it's like, mm, sure. I'm 36, 37, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been dealing with this my entire life. You're like, yes, I'm, I can get down the stairs. Thank think, you. I think I got it. <laughs> I might hand you a crutch and go hold this, yeah. but that's for my convenience. Totally. When I'm alone, totally. I do it by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you, let's, let's jump back into um, another topic here. Um, you have a new album being released uh, from what you told me at the end of October, and the the date is to be determined, so keep us updated. Mm-hmm. But t- tell me about that creative process. When did you start writing this new album? And, and, and Are you almost done, or are you get, getting to that point? Because it's about to be released in, mm-hmm. like, what was it, two months? months? Yeah. I have to pee so bad. Go for it, because I, 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 I can talk for a couple of seconds. Um, that's totally fine. Oh yeah, that'll do it to you. Um, but yeah, I, I, the the way that I met Cooper was amazing. Um, yes, I was feeling a little bit out of sorts and needed to step outside of myself, and I wasn't employed, and I was kind of just living on money that I had saved up, and it was just really stressing me out, and so. Uh, I met up with a couple of my friends and I, I decided that I was going to drink that night, which is, you know, not always the best option or the best choice. Um, but overall, I had a really, really fun night. I had a really cool interaction with a lot of people um, and a lot of musicians that night that really uh, spoke to me in a way that I couldn't I couldn't say that it was anything other than heartwarming um, because it reminded me what I'm here for, what I do this for, and and, and why. You know, it gave me that why. Um, you know, because there are definitely people out there that have stories to tell, um, and Cooper is one of them. So I really appreciate him for being on the show. Um, and, and he's gone for just a second now, but he'll hear this later. Uh but it's really cool to me that somebody who did it 20 minutes before the conversation about the podcast, you know, was completely willing to jump on the show, which I really appreciate. Um, we're going to have him play a couple more songs for you uh, here towards the end. We'll have probably have him play us out. Um, but um, like I said, if any more of you musician friends of mine or even your friends that I don't know want to come on the show, please do. Um, again, with the way with the way my work schedule is, uh, I work for four tens, um, so I'm able to do the podcast about three days a week now. Um, so by all means, you know, reach out to me and we'll talk about the schedule. Uh, I do have a calendar link that you can click on to to do the prelims and all of that. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll get that creative process going and we will make things happen. Um, 
Let's see. I want to have you play a couple more songs. You got another one in mind for us? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> All right. Um, and you might need to, do you want to do in the same tuning or do you, you want to? Uh, you know, I was going to change it, but I do have one in this tuning. I can just. Forget. Okay. Let's go ahead and play that in the same tuning. And then um, what we'll do is uh, I will mute you, mute the guitar and you can just tune up in the background uh, while we're playing or while we're doing this. Because uh, there's a couple more things I wanted to touch on. Definitely. Um, your album is coming out at the end of October. Do you have a title for it yet? Um, yeah, it's called um, Someday in the Light Again. Yeah. What, um, what was the inspiration for that title? Um, it was about trying to like get back to feeling joyful about things. Okay. That haven't felt very joyful in a long time. Like music being one of them. Right. Um, yeah, to, to, to simply do something because it could bring me joy. Awesome. Um, which is like kind of a radical act these days. It is very, it very is. It's like doing something for yourself is, is more kind of like, like you said, a radical act, but a, but also like a point of defiance where you're like, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to let anybody else tell me what, what, you know, what, how I should lead this or how I should work this, you know, it becomes your own in that way. You ready for us, brother? Yeah. All right. Let me 
your sound obviously um so we're we're getting close to time but uh i wanted to cover one more subject uh you said something pretty poignant to me uh that i found really interesting and then we'll have you play out um but uh i I would love to hear about how you use you know focusing as a tool and and what that how that you know process goes for you and i'd love to hear about something you said, uh, and that's the poignant thing was you go where you look. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, there's I, I, people are s- the power of focus is really powerful, and um, I think it, it it's kind of a muscle. You got to like exercise it to to get good at it. I'm bad at it. I'm like bad at focusing. On anything like like personal projects, like songs, performance, like it's very easy for me to get distracted. Is that and that that intertwines with ADHD, totally. ADD. Totally, you can speak on that as well too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I almost want to tie it more in with like fear. Um, I, we had talked briefly before about that quote from um, from Dune that fear is the mind killer, and there's such a. I just feel if for whatever reason. Um, it's felt really poignant to me lately. Um, uh, I mean, I, because I'm, we're talking about music, I, I guess I'll talk performance wise. Like mm. it, it's, it's very easy for me um, playing solo, not so much when I accompany somebody else on guitar, but when I'm like re- playing my own songs, it's so easy for me to get derailed by something very small, mm. um, a bad note, um, like a weird mix. Um, a funny feedback thing can totally like th- throw me. Um, and so it's hard to recover from that kind of place. I feel like that's, it's a silly example to use, but I feel like it's kind of allegorical for, for mm-hmm. any, 
any part of life right. is that, you know, f- the presence of, of fear emerges and you look at it and you say, Oh God, like, like the only way this could get worse is if I did this thing or that thing. Or if you're driving a car, if you're looking where you're, where you don't want to go and you're focusing mm-hmm. on that point, like we have this kind of weird innate ability to drive ourselves right into that spot. Um, if anyone's ever taken like a motorcycle class or like any, like I think even in driving school, you know, they talk about like you look where you go. Um, and it's, it's a funny, it's a funny mindset because the alternative is to look where you want to go, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that in itself is an abstraction. They both are abstractions because you're not there yet. You haven't hit the wall and you're not around the corner, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it's, which one do you want to focus on? Right. And, um, it's a practice to find yourself in the one that carries you through the corner. And, and it is maybe a gut reaction to focus on the one that lands you in, in the ditch, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe that's the if, like fight, freeze or flight, you know, maybe that's freezing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but, but yeah. it, it seems like it's something you got to, I don't know. What's your experience with that? My, my experience with, with you know, focusing is you know i i i I do have i I have not been diagnosed add or adhd but i know that if say just for this podcast for instance if i were to get up and go to the bathroom like even for a moment i'd come back and i would completely be derailed completely (laughs) forget what we were talking about even though i'm actively doing and all i did was go to the bathroom for a second totally um, because other thoughts would run through my head and, and you know I have to, like, that power of focus and to stay engaged, it it, it takes so much brain power. It takes so much effort. Uh, Maybe not for everybody, but for me, definitely. Um, And and I do resonate with that that statement of you go where you look. Yeah. And oftentimes I do find myself looking too far into the future and the what ifs and, Mm -hmm. and, and thinking like, what's the what is going to be the consequence or the result yeah. of what's going to happen but you know more so the result of yes. if i do this or if this is what happens something that this is going to happen not always in situations do we think about the consequences mm-hmm. about what we do or what we say mm-hmm. but uh you know you try to think that far into the future but a lot of times it's you are going in the direction that your mindset is in and that's where you end up. Yes. And, um, sometimes it's not always good. Sometimes it's great. And you do have to, you know, you, you, you said something earlier where, um, it could be unfavorable, an outcome or, and the ideal outcome. And, and that just kind of, that, that, that's just kind of how that, whether you're dealing with depression or anxiety or ADHD, mm-hmm. those those are your two, three directions that you can go, mm-hmm. and they're oh, it's open road. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's the next thing that you're gonna? What's what's the next option? And, and it gets so totally, it gets so mixed up in in your head. Totally, but uh, you know, being you know consciously focusing, consciously putting effort into, um, you know, putting you're all into the, the one thing that you're doing and you can't, it's unfortunate because you know, uh, you know, you think 
that you're good, but there's so many distractions. The world on its on its own is a distraction, you know. And for a moment, it's nice to have that power of focus where you can kind of forget it. And that's the nice thing about practicing that. Yeah, is for a moment you can forget what's going on around you, and just be in that moment. And that's why I love doing this podcast, and mm-hmm. I and I really appreciate you for coming on. Um, like I said, we're running out of time and I know there's so many other subjects we can cover. Mm. Um, you're not going to be a stranger to this podcast. I hope, uh, would love to have you on as the album's releasing and, I would love it. and after the album's releasing, that would be great. Yeah. So that's my invitation to you now. Mm. Um, but, uh, I want to, pl- I want you to play us out. We are, I, I will do the outro song obviously, but I would love to have you play us out one more song and then yeah. we'll kind of chill out, relax, go hang out with the friends that are waiting in the living room. Hell yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they knew what they were coming into. Um, but uh, let's do that. Let's have you play okay. us out. Tell us about the song a little bit. And uh, then uh, go ahead and shout out all your after, after to shout out all your social medias that you are comfortable with people reaching out to you on. Cool. Thanks, John. For sure. You cool with just an instrumental song? I am cool with that. Totally cool with that. Okay, uh, you're just going to have to give me like visual cues of when you're done. So yeah, I know yeah, when yeah, So I said I was going to play the intro and outro song 
um, after that. But uh, no, I'm not. I made an executive decision. That was gorgeous. I'm not going to ruin it uh, by playing another song right after it. Um, I, I do love my uh, podcast intro and outro song, but uh, that was absolutely perfect. Um, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I really appreciate you. It was good. And uh, I definitely want to have you back if you will. Dude, I would be honored. Thank you just so much for like your presence and for like doing this. It's Absolutely. Fucking cool. Thank you so much for including me. I'm I honored. appreciate you more than you know, <laughs> more than I can vocalize. <laughs> um, but uh, this has been, been the Johnny bullets podcast. We are out here in Seattle, Washington. Um, if you are from another place, let us know where you are. Uh, if you're outside of Washington, I would love to know where you heard this, how you heard it. Uh, I know Cooper and I will both be promoting this uh, particular episode. Uh, so give us a shout uh, on all of our social medias. Uh, all of my social medias are Johnny Bullets Podcast or Johnny Bullets. Uh, where can everybody find you? Yeah, on like Spotify, Bandcamp, Instagram, just Cooper Stolil. Okay. Uh, S-T-O-U-L-I-L, kind of a goofy last name. I love it. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's an interesting last name. Um, but, yeah, reach out to us. And like I said, you're not alone in anything that you're going through. Um, if you don't have a support system, you've got us. But, uh, once again, thanks so much for joining me on the Johnny Bolts podcast. And uh, we out of here, and I'll see you on the next one. <laughs>